Jesse, a.k.a. The Bizzle. The Bizzle? Thank you, The Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome to a Bizzlecast quickie on the Han Solo teaser. Well, trailers, but specifically one big trailer and one small trailer. It is Tuesday, February 6th, and we are less than 48 hours since my Eagles won the Super Bowl for the first time in my lifetime in Jedi Geek Girl's home state of uh, of uh, Minnesota. Jedi Geek Girl, we're going to jump into Han Solo, but I have to thank you. Um, for whatever good luck you put on your state and in the city of Minneapolis for my team. My whole city thanks you. I have no idea what it was, but I am glad <laughs> that you were excited because my attention was busy on things Star Wars related. But uh, I'm, I'm really happy for you because I know exactly what you're going through because my cubbies won a, a couple of years ago or a year ago. So yeah. I know what it's like. And, uh, the Cubs are still better, but that's because I prefer baseball. But we're not here to discuss sports. We're well, here no, to actually talk think, about something. Yeah, I think that you can relate, though, with the Cubbies. Uh, and I, I, we've never oh, yeah. talked about this. I have a lot of – my father's from Chicago. We root for the Cubs as well. Um, but uh, the, the Eagles last won a championship in 1960, but that was before they were called Super Bowls. So technically, we haven't had to suffer as long as the Cubs fans, but now we're both no longer suffering. So speaking of no longer suffering – oh, no the transition um we finally got the han solo trailer jenna geek girl i've we have not talked about this we're, we're going to keep this relatively brief i have a couple big questions about the trailer itself um but the first one i have to i have to ask the meta question which is people seem to be lukewarm at best about this trailer is that the sense you're getting because i quite enjoyed both of them from others yeah that is what i am hearing i'm hearing uh, usual people are excited for it and i'm hearing a lot of mediocre lukewarmness but that is just the geek culture that we live in these days yep. people are so critical and mm-hmm. like i mentioned in our podcast coming out soon i'm not too much of a critical person so i'm pretty excited for it yes yes and i think you know uh, something that we'll talk about maybe um on our 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 next podcast. So guys, me and Jedi Geeko recorded the first of our Star Wars Lorecast podcasts already, but it was quite long and it needs some editing and I have another podcast to get out. So you're going to actually hear this first, even though we recorded that days ago, because I want to release this immediately for obvious reasons. Um, uh, but I think we should just jump right into the trailer, ignore the haters. Um, I guess I was referring more to people who, who even like The Last Jedi a lot and stuff like that. Um, I, I don't know if people are having Star Wars fatigue. That's for another time. I love the aesthetic of this. It looks darker um, and, but cooler than I was expecting. You can definitely tell the Ron Howard influence, the Western influences. Um, I think the villain looks awesome, although the, he looks a little Kylo Ren-y in the mask, but I'm totally fine with that. Um, and I, I think Aaron Reich has amazing uh, pre- screen presence already, and I don't care that he doesn't look or sound like Harrison Ford. Those are my thoughts. I'm more interested to hear what you have to think about it. So when I watched it, I actually watched it. I didn't see it live. I watched it on my computer and I I watched it and I found myself with a tear in my eye and at the end of it and I could not wait to see the final trailer. I watched the final trailer as well, not the final trailer, but I watched the trailer, the full trailer Monday morning and it was so exciting that I cannot stop rewatching both of these over and over and over again. 
in a way that I did not do to the other trailers. I don't know what it is about this film or these trailers, but there's just something about it that seems so fun. And, of course, you have Lando. And if there's one thing, guys, that gets me in my heart, it's a good good smile. And Danny Glover has a really good Lando smile. Donald Glover, but that's fine. Yeah. Yeah, wrong yeah. name, but you know what I mean. I do, and I've been predicting since he was cast that he he's going to steal the movie in, in a great way. Um, I, I mean, he'll, he's, his screen time will be maximized. Let's just say that. Donna Glover has won Grammys. He's won Golden Globes. He's won uh, for, for television. I mean, he is talented in every way possible. And I think exactly what this need, movie needed, along with Amelia Clark, who I'm actually a big fan of, uh, even though she hasn't been in a ton of great movies, everything I've seen her in, other than Game of Thrones, she's been great. And it seems like they're going to have good chemistry. She has good chemistry with everybody. So I'm not worried about her. And like you said, the, the, the Billy D. Williams-esque Lando smile from Donald Glover, who is, I think, going to do more of a straight-up Billy D. impression, and that'll balance out the fact that Aaron Reich's not trying to do a straight-up Han Solo impression. I think that'll balance out itself really nicely. Just really quickly, Jedi Geek, I'll throw it back to you. I want to set up w- what you were talking about. So we knew that Disney bought spots for the Super Bowl, but what we didn't know was they were going to sh- tease us, and I think this is part of people's negative reaction, was instead of getting the full Han Solo trailer, they teased us with like a mini, mini teaser, and then immediately announced on social media that they would release online the following day the full-length teaser trailer. I think some people were pissed about that, maybe. I'm just guessing. I was so in it because of the Eagles game, honestly. Uh, maybe I would have been pissed under any normal circumstance. Um, but it was brilliant because it, it was on their Rivals Network, NBC. They didn't want to pay five million dollars per 30 seconds or whatever and they know that most of the fans are going to watch it online anyways and aren't even watching the super bowl which had not good ratings so disney i think did the smart thing and said hey guys just come check it out online and super hd tomorrow you can watch on all your devices and watch it a million times because we know you're going to do that did it bother you that they sort of teased us with the tease if you will on sunday and then didn't really release the main trailer until like social media and stuff on Monday? Actually, it kind of did bother me at first before I saw the teaser, the first teaser, but once I saw the first teaser, I was excited for the full trailer that it didn't bug me too much because it was going to be the next day and I did not have to wait that long and I knew that I was going to see it when I woke up, so at first it kind of did, but after seeing the teaser itself... No, it did not. So, you know, I did a ton of Last Jedi podcasts. We had a great one together. In fact, our Last Jedi podcast is what spurned the idea. Um, Not spurned. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Germinated the idea to do a monthly series. Um, But I don't think it was with you, but I think it was with Simi where I said... Look, for all the supposed old school fanboys who says, you know, Last Jedi is not my Star Wars, and now they're getting pure fan service with Han Solo, if they don't like this either, 
and it's good, then we know that nothing is going to please them. And this is what I said about Ryan Johnson, which was Ryan Johnson knew that if he gave the fans exactly what they wanted with Last Jedi, they would still complain. So he was going to do his vision instead and, you know, hope that people liked his vision for what it is. And he still gave us a lot of great fan service in The Last Jedi with our favorite characters. I, I think it, 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 there's no doubt about it. And I think people complaining about Han Solo is that this is sort of what we want in a Han Solo movie and people are complaining just goes to show to me that there's no satisfying Star Wars fans and I I just hope people give it a chance because this looks like Rogue One like it's very distinctive look and feel but but actually fits better than Canto Bite I think they're going to nail the casino gambling stuff better than Canto Bite because that's what this whole universe is about right is the is the the roguish side of the galaxy I think I said it before. I don't know if I said it in a session between us, but the Han Solo movie is the movie for the fanboys. You have a huge league where you have a huge league lead with Han Solo. You have it in the dark times of the Empire, and you have material being drawn on from the highly regarded, regarded legends Han Solo book. So this is the movie for the fanboys, but. I, you're going to have people complain about it, but I, I'm excited for it. It looks fun. It looks engaging. It looks unique. It's a dark time movie, which is something we have not seen before. I mean, yeah, we have seen Rogue One, but that leads right into A New Hope, where this is straight into the dark time, 10 years approximately, give mm-hmm. or take, before A New Hope. So it's a really interesting time period. I'm still waiting for a story being told like right after the prequel to get that hybrid thing. But I think it, this is going to be, be closer to the... I'm sorry. I think this is going to be closer to the prequels than you think, at least in feel. Uh, this He's a much younger Harrison Ford, it feels to me. Um, uh, well, I don't know. It, it's hard because, oh, just really quickly, Harrison Ford was older significantly than Carrie Fisher and Mark Hamill in the original trilogy, I, and it's unclear how old Han Solo was supposed to be in the original trilogy. Go ahead. I originally pictured him as in his early 30s like 32 but according to his wikipedia he is 29 so now i do not know if that that is the canon yeah so i don't know if that is the canon or legend wikipedia but i do know that that's what that says and Hmm. this looks like he's 1922 so it looks like he's 10 years before so that's what I would think. So if it is closer to the prequels, I would say it's closer to the prequels by a year or two, but that's just nitpicking at this point. Okay, so to keep this short and focused, here's what I'm proposing. So Jake Geeko can't watch it with me live, so I've got it on my big screen. It's only like a minute and 15 seconds of actual footage. So I'm just going to describe like the, the, the scenes really quickly, and then we'll get your reaction to it, because you've seen it enough where you'll know what I'm talking about. Yes. You'll see what I'm saying. Okay. So it starts, we see the ship uh, panel and the switch is clicking first. Great way to start, start the, to, which is to, the, the audio of the clicking switches of the uh, Millennium Falcon is so important people don't realize. It does. It's a very interesting way to kick off a trailer for sure. And it read into the music as well. So the second shot looks straight out of like a James Cameron or Ridley Scott 80s movie like Blade Runner on the hovercraft. And it's made more bizarre because um, Amelia Clark, in my opinion, most people 
hated or really disliked Terminator Genesis. I happen to like that movie, but I really liked her portrayal of Sarah Connor in that movie. And so seeing her looking like Sarah Connor in an 80s setting here really threw me for a loop in the hovercraft. But I'm not complaining, man. Amelia Clark with the 80s haircut and hovercrafts, uh, sign me up. She is a character that I would love to cosplay if I was into cosplay mm. because I really like that outfit and I really love the cape. And her her look, too, with the dark hair and the, I believe the bold red lips is right up my alley. And we know, by the way, from Bloodline, which you guys all know is my favorite of the new canon books, that Han has been a racer, uh, both a space racer and an on-planet racer his entire life, basically, right, when he's not doing any other stuff. So it's great to see him be yeah. a pilot racer, right? Right, and we are seeing him come full circle, apparently, and it's going to be interesting because according to the Legends universe, he started out as a swoop way racer, but I don't know if they're going to follow that path in this movie or not, but he's going to be a racer nonetheless. So we're getting the origin story. He says, I'm going to be a pilot. He's standing on an ice planet that's definitely not Hoth. Um, it looks like Scandinavia. I don't know what they're going for. Uh, but then we get the brand spanking new interior of the Millennium Falcon that looks like it's from 2001 A Space Odyssey. I'm sure fans are pissed off that that's how the ship started, but I love it. I love the idea that when he first got it, it was like too shiny and too clean and he had to scuff it up, right? It's a very interesting concept that we are used to seeing the Falcon very dirty and rough looking to have it in that pristine and new condition. I think it is a very new and fresh concept when it comes to the Millennium Falcon and I like it. I know some people don't like it, but I prefer the origin of it being Mm -hmm. new. But the outside still looks scuffed, which means... You know, which is cool because if you're a smuggler in, in in any universe, the last thing you want is for the outside of your ship to look new and expensive. I don't think it originally started out as a smuggling ship. I believe it was like a, a cargo. No, that's what I'm saying. Okay, that's yeah, what I'm, I'm saying. Correct, I'm saying. I, I think. Correct. Yeah, it's like. Uh, have, you, have you seen Serenity, the Firefly movie? Coming again. Have you seen, uh, you know, this TV show Firefly, the sci-fi TV show Firefly, and they did a movie Serenity. Have you seen any of that? I have. I've seen all the movies. I've seen the movie and I've seen all the TV show. Okay. So, you know, in the movie, they have to go through the reverse space and they're like the space zombies. And so they muck up the ship and put like dead bodies on it and stuff to hide. I think that's sort of what's going on here. I think they're mucking up the outside of the ship um, in order to go on this smuggling mission or whatever. Because then you get Woody Harrelson saying, I'm putting together a crew. I think it's clear Woody Harrelson's going to betray them, right? I mean, because Lando can't betray in this movie that badly it seems like woody would be the one to do it it's a classic heist film according to what i'm hearing so it wouldn't surprise me but uh going back to the ship uh, if it's a heist movie and he gets the ship later you know it still might be in that good condition Mm. but okay so then we have a couple of quick shots that i need you to help me identify he says i'm putting together a crew and then you see uh, a um sort of like a mini K2SO-looking bot with Amelia Clark, um, who's then in the cockpit, who looks like an old-school droid. Then we see Sexy Lando, God bless Donald Glover. And then we see someone who looks like Zoe Saldana, but I know Zoe's not in this movie. So who is that woman with the light black skin and the afro and the hair? I should know this, but I don't know who that is. So according to what I am hearing and the press material, that is supposed to be Val. 
I am holding hope. I am holding hope on that it is Sana Stavos, but it is unlikely. Can you explain who that is? Can you explain who that is? Sure. Sana Sana Stavos is commonly known as Han Solo's first wife in canon. She and Han Solo did a job together where they had a sham marriage, and he bailed out on the job, and he hunted her down. I'm sorry, she hunted him down, Mm -hmm. and basically she later joined the Star Wars crew, Luke, Han, Leia, to do missions and stuff like that. She is also tied to Dr. Aphra and Lando Carizian. She's a prominent figure in the the main Star Wars series. That is Tandy Newton, by the way. I I don't know why in that quick shot she looked like Zoe Saldana to me. Tandy Newton's is an amazing uh, actress, been around forever. Most people know her now as one of the leads in Westworld on HBO, but she's been in Mission Impossible and Crash, which won Academy Awards, and she's been in a ton of stuff. Then there's an alien creature that I thought was Maz for two seconds, but isn't. I think Warwick Davis is in that alien, but I don't know who he is. Yeah, it it looks like Maz, but but it's not. It's but it is Warwick Davis, though. Not. Right, well, right, yeah. exactly. Okay, so Chewie says, Roar, are you in? Yes, we're in. Um, I will say this. Even though he doesn't look like Han Solo, when he's doing the sexy Han Solo smile, he looks more like Han Solo than I was expecting. So I wish people would just lower their expect or their expectations and realize that what matters is the charisma of Han Solo, not that he looks exactly like him. But when he says we're in, in that that roguish smile to Woody Harrelson, I'm like, I'm in. That, that's Han Solo. I'm in. I definitely noticed small traits here and there. It's not like it's this total farce fetch thing mm-hmm. to picture him as Han Solo. You get glimpses of his portrayal of Han Solo, of the Harrison Ford Han Solo, but what it, it would be kinda disappointing if a character couldn't make if a actor couldn't make a character their own and that is what he's doing with a mixture of the Han Solo that we all know from the first Star Wars film. Yeah, and and you know, one of the many reasons I love Rogue One is that we got a whole new cast of both characters and actors. And so Cassian Andor could, or um, Diego Luna could just be the coolest Cassian Andor ever, right? And Jin Erso would be played by Felicity Jones, and she'd be the best Jin Erso ever. You know, they could be their own characters. And they had veteran actors there. Aaron Reich has been in a a small number of films, but I think think people are are already being too hard on him, and I think people are going to come around when they see how um, how fun this film is. I want to throw it back to you one second. I just want to point out exactly halfway through the trailer they show his hands working the controls again. They, I just realizing they're framing the entire trailer with him working the controls of the Millennium Falcon, almost like a master pianist playing the piano. It's beautiful. It shows full. It shows a circle coming around with it being fo- focused on him turning on all the sister turning on the Millennium Falcon system for sure. So who's the bad guy that has the Kylo Ren esque mask? Because he looks cool, but the the visor definitely looks like Kylo. I am not sure. I know that there's been discussion going on online about it, but I am not sure about who the character is. I'm not going in too far with the characters because I don't want to get too spoiled. But They're not even telling us. Like on IMDb, there's a lot of unlisted credits. They've been very secretive about this movie, and I think that's smart. Um, I think... 
I've been saying, I think the, th- the best thing that Han Solo has had going for it this entire time, despite getting a new director, is that it's in the shadow of Last Jedi. And so everyone's so focused on Last Jedi that this movie's almost going to sneak up on us. And so whether people like it or not, at least there won't be quite as much hype, I don't, you know, as people had going into Last Jedi. Hopefully people will be a little bit more clear-minded about enjoying this uh, movie. I also think more people are realizing how great, um, not just how great Rogue One was, but like how great the notion of these Star Wars stories are uh, in addition to the main trilogy. Um, and so I think there's more appreciation for what Rogue One was doing. And this is going to be tough because they're characters that we know, but we're also meeting a lot of characters like Amelia Clark and the new bad guy and stuff and Woody Harrelson that we don't know. I think people are going to really gravitate towards these characters, especially because they all seem to be um, great actors. Well, like I previously mentioned, it is a heist movie, and with a heist movie, the characters are usually so fun and engaging because the plot is simple. You don't have to worry about this huge, large story that you have to tell. It's just a simple group of characters, kind of like your Ocean's Eleven, and you're going to have a lot of fun. That I think once people get to the movies and see it, that they're going to really enjoy it because it doesn't have to worry about this huge mythological story to complete or connect the dot with this is just a very singular story and i'm hoping that it launches a trilogy coming in the vein of the old han solo book and or a lando spinoff but we will have to wait and see and to end it i have to say jedi geek girl when um amelia clark's character says i'm the only one who knows what you really are and he says, well, what's that? And he gives her sexy face. I haven't seen that kind of good sexual chemistry since we see Jyn Erso and Cassian in the elevator at the end going to the beach. And you see them close up together. They're clearly going to play up the love story in this movie. And I think they absolutely should. Not just because these two young actors are going to have great chemistry, but because it's going to inform the Leia story. Because she's going to die, I think. Spoiler alert, people, I haven't heard anything, but it seems inevitable she's going to die. And that's going to inform him being standoffish at first towards Leia, right? And not wanting a relationship is my prediction based on no inside knowledge. Thoughts? I have my own theory around her. I think she is actually a... I think they go back. I think this heist takes place, let's say, in year five. And in the beginning, you'd hear about him talking about his event applying to the Imperial Academy, and you see them kind of, like, escaping. I think that she has history with him from his days in the Academy, and I think that you're going to see that between them. But it's not going to be them first meeting for this job. You're going to have this history. That That's what I am getting, and uh, I'm really looking forward to the character because, like, like I said, she is definitely up there for options to cosplay as. And they have the great little hit at the end where, you know, he escapes one thing and he's like, it's fine, we're fine. And then there's like a giant space monster or whatever. But there's this great comedic bit that I bet was already there when Lord and Miller were doing it, where Lando is the first one to get scared and he like flinches and like hits Amelia Clark in the back by accident because he's so scared. He's like screams, you know, because Han's about to miss it or whatever. I'm hoping, even though I was okay with with, uh, Ron Howard taking over the project i'm very interested to see 
they're Lord and Miller are going to be mentioned somewhere in the credits as producers or writers or something. They have to be, but it'd be interesting to see how much they, they preserve, but people were so worried uh, going into rogue one because they reshot, you know, 30, 40% of the movie. And I am actually in favor of almost all of the reshoot choices of rogue one. If you look at how that unfolded, um, and Gareth Edwards, the original director of that movie, it was also a, a totally a game for it and was involved. Now this was different because they, straight up fired the directors gareth edwards was definitely not fired but i i think just because you have two different sets of shoots that's that always happens in movies we saw that with Zack snyder and joss whedon in justice league which if you see that movie with an objective eye isn't a terrible movie you know like because of circumstance they had to have two directors and so i i think it'll be more seamless than people think but do you think the fact that people know the sort of iraqi history behind this movie that that's consciously or subconsciously playing into their negative expectations about it oh yeah without a doubt for some reason people tend to gravitate towards the negative when it comes to fandom fandom especially star wars fandom and it's just just so ridiculous that people hype up so much negativity that they believe it and they influence their mindset on at least the subconscious level when they go into these films they want to be disappointed for some weird reason hmm. and i don't worry about it because like the reshoots are normal a lot of films had production issues sure you had like some superman 2 movies where you had different directors and mm-hmm. maybe the first director was better but i have full faith in kathleen kennedy yes. and they're doing well by me and a lot of other Star Wars fans. I wish all this negativity would stop because it's making fandom unfun and I'm ranting, but I am excited for this movie and nothing I will hear regarding the negative rumors about it will change that because I am a fan and I celebrate what I love. But you know what? We're doing it right now by put doing positive star wars podcast together you've been listening to my other podcast of the like six seven eight people i talked to about last jedi only one person didn't love it and that was simmy but that was only because he he had only saw it once on a shitty 3d screen and he hadn't had enough time to process it he since gone back and liked it a lot more the most of the podcasters i listened to if they didn't like it on the first try liked it on the second or third try i think the problem is people are negative before the movie comes out or after a single viewing but i think that's why you and i are doing what we're doing like we're putting out the podcast that's saying we can acknowledge the things that we don't like or that we would have done differently you know that's why I, I, you know, when I have people on the podcast like Tim from The Saga Continues who loves the prequels as much as you do, even though he's closer to my age, you know, we had to discuss it. And I said, look, I'm not a hater. I'm happy that people love these movies. I hope everyone saw Natalie Portman as Amidala rapping on Saturday Night Live the other night. That was fucking awesome and hilarious. And like, and I, I'm hoping, like, for example, that, 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 um, that Natalie realizes how much people love her character now, even though at the time there was a lot of vocal hate, but ultimately most people love her and her character. And so usually things end up more positive. So I think you and I are just ahead of the curve in realizing that these things are better than most people. I could be wrong. If I could say one thing to end on is if there's one thing I have learned about life is everything comes around in full circle. We have seen the return of Hayden Christensen, even if it was just to one celebration. I doubt that we have seen the last two of him. We've seen Harrison Ford come back for his send-off. It's just a matter of time before 
Natalie Portman returns and somewhat embraces the Star Wars franchise. And I think we will see it with these films in, down the line in history. I think 20 years from now, these films will be looked at and appreciated a lot more than they are now. Yeah, absolutely. I think I, I don't think Natalie is is upset at this point. She just has young kids, and so she's trying to protect them. You know, I mean, which is something as as a Hollywood mom who's super famous, like you always have to do. You know, like last thing you want is your kids going just be like your mom was in the shitty Star Wars movie. You know what I mean? Stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think I, I think Natalie will come back into the fold like Hayden. Um, but uh, the bottom line is, like you said, things are aging well. And so, you know, I mean, p- way more people were negative about the prequels than Last Jedi. And so if there's anything like that same type of movement, Last Jedi is, like you said, is going to go down ultimately as one of the best Star Wars movies of all time um, with a little bit of time. So we're going to close now, but I have to just, as the final part in question it was just announced that the two main executive producers on game of thrones on hbo are going to be doing it sounds like maybe another trilogy uh that will alternate with ryan johnson's trilogy and if there's hiring game of thrones it seems like the old republic is totally back in play here with some medieval jedi thoughts i very openly have not liked uh game of thrones on my podcast as you know over and over and over again over the years but i did love the first two or three seasons and especially the first seasons and these guys actually wrote most of the first season and now have been producers so the news is a little misleading and the first season was my favorite and these two guys wrote most of the first season so i am thrilled about this especially if the old republic is in play i know you have to go but quick thoughts about this announcement and what it could mean now that we have multiple new series confirmed with star wars sure three things number one Mm-hmm. I am excited for more Star Wars. More Star Wars? Yes, please. Yes, please. Number two is Check. it's a series of films, which makes me think that it is along the lines of the Tales series. And number three, I am thinking actually not the Old Republic with the, these directors, but more of a Star Wars underground type thing. Maybe mm-hmm. a bunch of bounty hunter movies or something like that. More sure. scum and vin- villainy because if you look at Game of Thrones, that's what I am thinking that is the most similar to something that we could see in, or maybe even Mandalorian film. Oh, there you go, a Mandalorian film. Um, well, if you look at with, Game of Thrones though, I'm sorry, but, I'm sorry I have to jump in. If you look at Game of Thrones, what it does do well is mingle the royalty with the scum and villainy, right? You don't, like Littlefinger, like you don't know who's working for the royalty who's working for the scum and villainy and who's like somewhere in between so yeah it doesn't have to be the old republic in terms of like what the legends is but i'm saying i think there is going to be yeah some like some mix of those two things i would think maybe not i i actually think that it, it'd be nice if they actually did it in the republic era instead of the galactic civil war era, just because it is a more organized galax- galaxy i mean yeah you have to correct corrupt Republic, but it seems like it would make it more interesting. I, I don't agree. know, maybe it might make it more interesting, dynamic or not, but I, I'm just a huge fan of the prequels and I would like more movies set in that air. Yeah. And I think that once we get movies in that air, I think people will see that it is a rich 
uh, for joy potential yes. because no, it's what you think of the prequels. I agree. So. Uh, yeah, I, I'm not saying Old Republic like 4,000 years ago. I agree with you that like 1,000 years ago would be more interesting or 800 years ago. And, you know, if you just, if I can be a history nerd for a second, I'll let you go. If you look at Game of Thrones, you know, George R. R. Martin has openly said it's modeled on the War of the Roses and a number of medieval wars between England and France during like the 1100s and 1200s and 1300s. So you could totally do something similar with Star Wars that takes place 500 to 700 years ago where it's long enough ago that you can have a different society but close enough that it has implications for what's going on now right uh like you could totally see like the person who trained the person who trained the person who trained palpatine or something like that you know like it's close enough for that to be a thing maybe even palpatine's alive 500 years ago which is something i've speculated on um so i think it's great you know and look here's me being open-minded about a show i don't even like and excited about the new property because i like their creative talent so people have an open mind wait till you see stuff stop watching trailers like just calm down we have much bigger problems in this world and people who are suffering more than you white men you know who you are but also just other closed-minded people and everyone just relax and enjoy this and star wars is here to stay and you're gonna love it right i mean that's my final thought I would like to say one more thing to add on to this piece of news is that it was confirmed that we are getting Star Wars shows, plural, yeah. on Disney streaming device. Not True. one, but multiple. Yep. And that is going to be exciting. So Yeah, my dad was actually confused because... I'm sorry, my dad was actually confused because he saw Game of Thrones and he saw that part of the announcement and thought they were doing a TV show. And briefly, I was like, ooh, that would be cool. But no, it sounds like two different projects. Go ahead. Yeah, so not only did we get the Han Solo teasers, but we also got the announcement of new Star Wars films and that there are more than one shows coming to the Disney streaming device. So it's Mm -hmm. a really exciting time to be a fan. And this generation growing up is never going to know what it was like to go years without Star Wars. Because even in my high high day, being a child of the Star prequels there was still downtime between movies and stuff like that unless you were really into the books and to tie it to the very beginning of this podcast and i'm going to send you off it's in the bizzlecast listeners off I, I do a lot of tutoring for high school kids who were born you know p- like post 9 11 basically and so they don't know what it was like for me <laughs> to live my entire life with no championships among any sports teams and like they, we went to the Super Bowl when they were four and lost. We won the World Series when they were like eight, and now they've won the freaking Super Bowl when they're 18. So they don't know how much I've suffered all these years as an old man. <laughs> uh, I got her laughing. Yes, I got her laughing. Success. All right, BizzleCast <laughs> listeners. I have, I have won. I have won the day. We won the Super Bowl. Thank you, Jedi Geek Girl. Guys, look forward probably early, uh, late this week, early next week for the first edition of the Star Wars Lorecast. Are we cool with that title? We're going with Lorecast? Yeah, we're good. I like it. It's right. growing on me. And yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Have a great week, Jedi Geek Girl. Have a great week, you listeners out there. And uh, we, for now, are out. <laughs>